It's the 21st of December, the end of the year, and this is The Sounding Board. I'm Josh Mitline. I'm the voice of The Sounding Board, only person present on every piece of Sounding Board content <laughs> so far. Although, uh, I think that's going to change, because I sent Camden out on assignment, so there's going to be some things. Maybe I'll edit myself in at the beginning. I think that's important. I think that's important, too. Yeah. And I'm here with Lana Mc... Lana! You did it! I got yeah. it! Lana McMullen! Uh, fantastic artist. You put out an album earlier this year that we had you on to talk about. Indeed. And then you immediately went on tour and we said we should get her back on, and then we never made it happen. Indeed. So I figured for the end of the year we could get you back in here. Love it. We could talk a little bit about, about how your tour went, mm-hmm. what you've been up to. Surely mm-hmm. you've got you've been in the lab. Indeed. Doctoring up some... Some new tracks and something to hit us with. I can All talk right. about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And then we'll uh, we'll get into your album albums of the year. Now there was a, a bit of a communication hiccup where normally like I would ask you to come in here with a whole bunch of dumb things to talk about. But that didn't happen. So instead we're just gonna do your, your top five albums. Okay. I'll take responsibility for that dumb hiccup. That's Either okay. that or my spam filter. Yeah, it may you're have been spam filter. Oh no! I'm really sorry. I feel like that's what happens to my podcast oh, on Facebook. God. I put up things and people are like, "Oh, that's nice." Spam. And just, yep. Just move right off. Josh, I don't think it's true. Okay. You're not spam. All right. Thanks. I, I really do appreciate that. So okay, so we had you. We had you in here. Oh, must have been back in May to talk about your album, mm-hmm. um, Traveling Light. Yes, I remembered, uh, and. Bruce Springsteen's album, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. And that was a really terrific episode where we went pretty in-depth, and Ted told us about how he he wasn't sure that he connected with it, but he was going to use Nebraska as a barometer for his his life. But we had you in earlier, and then you immediately went on tour. Mm -hmm. And you toured the West Coast. Toured the the West Coast. That one. I did about 20 shows in um, about 30 days. It was a bit of a whirlwind. But it was awesome. Oh yeah. Met tons of people. How far how far down did you get? Did you get into you got into California, I know. Mm-hmm. I got to LA was my I did three shows in LA and then I headed back up. Okay. So initially it was kind of planned to be a loop. Um, and I was gonna head back up and uh, hit Colorado and a few other little states on the way. Um, but that ended up looking like an extraordinarily long adventure. Mm-hmm. So it just went down and back. It mm-hmm. ended up being awesome. It was the perfect length. That's that's fantastic. So that was that was that your first tour? It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all right. So let's let's go with the stereotypical questions. Okay. Did you learn anything? Did I, did I learn anything? Yes, I learned many things. Um, my car is a manual car. And I brought two people with me, and it turned out neither of them could drive stick. So I was driving sometimes 15-hour days and then hopping out of the car and running to a venue and playing a show and then oh my jumping gosh. back in the car. So so you learned that learned stick shift is obsolete? Absolutely. I mean, and I am a stick shift enthusiast, so maybe maybe it just means I need to A, either train, you know, like we can do like a, like a few training sessions before we leave and in the driving of the manual vehicle, or just take someone who knows how to drive stick already. Well, I mean, as, <laughs> as a stick shift enthusiast, you have to know that, that the place that stick shift survives is in the top of the top end, like your German engineer. <laughs> yes. Like you, so, so clearly what you really need to do is get super wealthy. Mm-hmm. Working on it. Working on it. Working on it. And just 
Car enthusiast. Yes. Done. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with my automatics. Yeah, okay, fine. Well, I, I don't know how to drive stick be able either. To come on tour. Oh, Josh. no. Oh, no. <laughs> what else did I learn? Um, I learned house shows are amazing. People really promote for you, and it takes a lot of the stress off just because a lot of people show up. We had pretty much sold out house shows every single house show all the way down the coast, which was fantastic. Um, and so intimate, too. Like, yeah. we, uh, Claire and I went to your, your house show here yeah. right before you took off, and that was fantastic. Thank that was guys. really terrific. It was awesome seeing you guys there. That was such <laughs> a fun night. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It felt a little crazy. Like we we found this tiny little house somewhere, and we're like, "Is this the place? Could this be it? Oh, I hear music. Let's wander around through the back door." Yeah, it was tons of fun. I don't know. I think those were probably my main things that I learned. It went pretty well, generally. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. That's that's awesome. Like I, I imagine a, for, a first tour must be like the most stressful thing. Yeah. Like. <laughs> launching a record and launching a tour within like a month and a half of each other, probably less. Yeah, it was. I think it was, it was under a month, because um, the CD came out on May third, and I left for tour. Well, I guess it was a month and a half. I left for tour June twenty eighth, so okay, almost two months. So you did it twenty shows in thirty days, and yeah. then zipped back up to Seattle. Zipped back up, yeah. And then I've been doing a bunch of little mini tours since then, playing in uh, Portland, and got some stuff up in Canada um, early next year. Um, Katie Cuffle, she's another, or they're another local musician who's um, I've been collaborating with a lot. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing her, yeah. seeing them at at that show. And uh, and I really enjoyed that. And then I had every intention of actually reaching out and trying to get them on the show, uh-huh. and totally failed. Just Damn. like zero out of Damn. ten. Oh, it was it was bad. Uh, so you've been doing local work, local mm-hmm. tours, mm-hmm. Uh, up up and down within you know probably a couple hundred miles of mm-hmm. Seattle. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. But you must have something new kind of percolating, right? Like, uh, yes. a little bit. Yes. I yeah. imagine, oh, that, that sounds stressful, too. No, I, yeah. I, like, I get to collaborate and not really have to come up with my own ideas. And just, like, the, the my creative investment is, hey, uh, maybe we should talk about about albums from 2005. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. I think one of the weirdest things about um, this whole process is... Doing the planning and the marketing and the recording and the performing all at the same time. So, like, recording that album last year and then also writing for the next album at the same time was just, like, kind of a mind-boggling experience because you're having to think about, like, oh, my sound is this right now. If I'm going to be progressing in a specific way, what does that need to sound like? So it's, like, it's it was an interesting experience. And now I'm, I'm beginning the recording process for the next project and there might be some stuff coming out in early 2016 Mm. yes that actually does sound sound pretty crazy having to having to kind of predict your own development as an artist that sounds because uh, how do you how do you do that like what what do you do to make that happen because you put out this album that was very very much rooted in in americana Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and that gets you a certain target Mm -hmm. group that gets you the the people who love Americana and who who identify with those core themes that you were talking about those mm-hmm. very very strong feminist themes right. um, 
But where do you take it from there? Like, do you continue shooting at the same audience, or do you do you then try and recruit the people that you've already got into coming along in a new direction with you? I think it's a combination because um, there's always going to be people who want to want to hear the same thing from you, and like, I don't know, like for example, Iron and Wine. I take a little bit of issue with the way that he does it because he he started off with a very specific folky Americana sound, and it's become just increasingly less accessible to that audience, I think. Um, and I think for me, like, I'm I'm very into electronic music. I'm really into abstract sound. Um, and it's interesting to have this writing style that's distinctly folk and distinctly Americana and very much based in, like, folk narrative and listen to some of that music um, a lot, but also listen to, you know, like, a lot of other more... Uh, like experimental contemporary sounding okay, artists. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I think on this next um, on this next album, I'll be combining a little bit more um, in a different direction with, oh. with more contemporary elements like that. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'll, I'll pay attention. Yeah. I can. I'll still be able to get a, a free copy on on <laughs> Apple Music, right? Off the I record. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's. That sounds really, really interesting because that's not what I would have, would have, what I would have guessed. Mm-hmm. I, I suppose we haven't really gone too in depth on on your personal musical taste right. uh, because when you came on, we talked about like like we mentioned earlier, Nebraska, which right. has very similar roots mm-hmm. to what you were writing about. Which I love. I love that album. It is really. I didn't know album. how much I loved that album <laughs> until we did that in depth analysis. Mm, was that like, was oh, that was a fun one. That was so I, good. Whew, it. Uh, I actually when I was. <laughs> I mentioned this on on my Facebook post promoting the sounding board recently, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm super super excited to talk about some Warren Zevon at the beginning of January. I oh I have such a soft spot for that guy, and I feel like he kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little yeah. bit, yeah. Which I, I think is really tragic. Yeah, break it out. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so do you want to get into it? Do we sure. want to start talking about about your year in music as yes. a listener? That sounds great. Okay. So, um, I am admittedly in love with a few specific artists and listen to them tirelessly. I think we spoke about that last time, but I, um, I've been branching out a little bit more this year and, um, I think I'm going to talk about those guys instead. Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, I mean, starting off, I guess this isn't actually outside of my realm at all. But well, do we do we want? Do you have an order that we want to go through? Are we just yeah. saying? Are we just saying these are my top five records? No, unordered, no particular. I didn't have to make any hard choices. I took the easy way out. I know. Um, I don't know that I can. I think I can order the first two. Okay, so you know what your number <laughs> one and your number two are. Yeah. All right. Let's so. let's save them for the end, so we okay. can pretend that we're doing a countdown. Okay. Let's. Do All right. That. So we'll do we'll do. Let's start one, with this guy then. We'll do one winner, mm-hmm. one runner up, mm-hmm. or one number two, mm-hmm. and three runner ups. Okay. Sounds perfect. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So what's what are what are our runner ups? Okay. So we're gonna start with my go to. Um, I am just in love with the tallest man on earth. This last album, Dark Bird is Home, was a little disappointing, I think, for a lot of us enthusiasts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but as someone who just loves him till the end of time, um, I still I still liked it a lot. I think I know generally what he was going for. It seems like it was an album that really kind of tried to take on a new sound, um, a more complex band-based sound. Um, 
but I think honestly his his more scaled back skeleton-esque pieces feel more complex because it's a little bit less muddled. Mm. Okay, so... yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those things where people, where, where you try to add elements, but you kind of lose focus and lose lose the point, lose lose what, parts of what it sounds like you really loved about about his his sound beforehand. But it's still on your top five. It's still on my top five. So so why? So I mean you're 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 coming out and telling me I know. that one of your most disappointing <laughs> albums of two thousand and fifteen is still on my top five. I know. I understand. So so if if we made a list of most disappointing albums of twenty fifteen, this would be right up there, right? This would be yeah, like number so. number one or number two? Potentially. And it is okay. Okay, uh, but you know, I will say it's on my top five of my favorite albums for this year because I think he is just he's such an exciting artist in the way that he approaches things I think his lyrics are always really enticing um, partially because they're just they're so like they have just so much crunchy narrative going on that I just like it's like so much extended metaphor that it's a little bit overwhelming and sometimes it doesn't quite get where I think we want it to go which is part of what's my favorite part about it. But this album specifically, I think his metaphors became so extended or he's trying to hide something from his audience in a way um, that he lost us a little bit. So it, it doesn't feel quite as honest? It's not. Yeah, it feels like he's trying to hide stuff a little bit. Um, there's like a specific line on one of the songs I can't remember right now, but the line is, um, it's just all this fucking doubt. And I don't think that we've really heard him kind of overtly say that kind of like gritty sad confession mm. um so outright and at this might I don't I can't remember if there are other albums that he's that he swears on as frequently as he does on this one mm-hmm. um so it it sounds like a kind of a kind of a breakdown uh, like kind of a personal breakdown that that came into his music in a way that didn't make that made it feel less less clean less mm-hmm. less focused yeah but i do i at the same time as an artist specifically um i really relate to that feeling of wanting to hide what you're going through and it's a battle that i feel like i i come up against a lot when i'm songwriting um where i could easily change a phrase or change a lyric to make it sound like something that's a little bit easier to swallow a little bit easier to listen to um, and I do sometimes just because it's terrifying to be exposing yourself that intensely to a group of people who all have opinions about what you're saying. Yeah, and all have an opinion <laughs> about what you've been doing exactly. and and who you are and, mm-hmm. and who know you like mm-hmm. 90% yeah. through your content, through the music, that, mm-hmm. through the art that you deliver to the world. Right. Yeah, so, so. so it, it kind of feels like he sort of lost the willingness to to do it here and I guess and... so but I, I almost I feel I feel a kinship to that and I think okay. that's so why you, I feel closeness to this album you, where it's you, like, I see what you're yeah. doing you understand it you think it's a little disappointing mm-hmm. but you can empathize mm-hmm. and so even though it's one of your most disappointing <laughs> albums of 2015 I still love it <laughs> you still love it it's still here it's still here it's still on my list okay cool all right all right so, I like I like how much thought you've put into these. I mean, I, I appreciate it. I do. I think it's important. I mean, this is like 
You know, I think there's there's just so much that goes into all of these these creations, and especially have, after having like recorded that past album for the better part of a year, it's like we can only assume that we know what's going into them. And I just I really want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, all right, so that's runner up number one. Runner up number one. So what should we do next? I think. The rest are just really amazing, and I'm going to have a really hard time ordering them. But let's go next to, um, we'll do FKA Twigs, um, who is just this badass um, female person of color, feminist, songwriter, co-producer, individual. Um, and she's just kicking ass. Um, and I just, I, I thought this album was really... It's a really cool thing because it's really working to try to um, in- inspire other people from minority status to really, you know, can we, <laughs> can we stop for a second? <laughs> sure, 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 sure. All right. Okay. All right. We're back. Okay, we're back. So um, I think it's a really cool album because it's kind of daring the kind of more widespread pop listening public. Um, to engage in a way I think that a lot of folks aren't used to, um, specifically because she's a person of color and she's engaging in these really feminist concepts. Um, and then on top of that, she's part of the pop community, um, but she's doing a lot of like kind of interesting things musically. She's doing a lot of like atonal work. Um, it's really rhythmically complex. There's a lot of polyrhythms. It's just like generally weird. Um, and I think pretty inaccessible in a lot of ways and yet still super interesting and amazing and i i think uh her last album was it lp3 that came out last year i think think it came out last year that was where where i started listening to fk twigs and i think Mm -hmm. she kind of accomplished a little bit of what we were talking about Mm -hmm. earlier where she released this awesome awesome album and built herself a fan base Mm -hmm. That then she could take with her when she decided to go somewhere totally. weird. Exactly. Yeah. Um, have you seen the music video to this? No. Oh my god! Okay, it's I'll take a peek. Crazy. I'll take a peek. Uh, <clears throat> I was watching it because um, one of one of uh, Camden mentioned it to me, mm-hmm. and like the beginning of it, I was just I was not really with it, mm-hmm. and then as soon as it started getting into the the uh, I am your doll mm-hmm. section and, and the like, imagery oh associated, oh wow, <laughs> I know, like I was, <sighs> yep, mm-hmm. <sighs> I know. There's one, there's one specific line. I'm not sure which song it's in, but it's um, now hold that pose for me, mm-hmm. and I cannot tell you. How many times I've experienced situations just walking down the street where people will be like, you know, it's the classic line of like, smile, why aren't you smiling? Like, thou art an object, look pretty for me, that's your purpose type of a situation. And it's just like, oh my god. And it's it's this really like, barbed call out of, yes. of that. It, yes, it is. I, I was kind of, because I hadn't listened to the album before I went into that and uh-huh. watched that video, and I was kind of like shocked oh! and like a little like <laughs> horrified, totally. but yeah. like it was so and I need to go back and spend some more time with it. I think really, it, really awesome. It's such a cool thing because we have so many artists throughout pop in the past who have used shock um, to get people's attention, but it's the kind of shock that I, I think is kind of cheap um, and like you know just like strange outfits and like you know flashy moves and like it just it's it's not super interesting. And she's just 
speaking her piece and happening to shock people as she does it, mm. and that really gets people's attention in a really memorable, effective way. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's yeah, just... that 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 music video is. Whew. Mm-hmm. The mm, you okay, you'll I'll enjoy it. It's, I know. I can it's, tell already. <laughs> it's kind of like it's it's super intense. Um, I like it. Uh, it. Well, it's it's interesting too. Um, and it, it like thematically, it kind of relates back to we mentioned Katie Cuffle earlier, mm-hmm. uh, and her album came out this year as well, mm-hmm. Pearls. And I listened through that. Yeah. Very barbed. Mm-hmm. Like she, totally. uh, they were not uh, afraid to to lay it out there. Absolutely. And yeah. and I was really impressed by that. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay. I think that's an awesome quality in in any songwriter or musician. Yeah, in anyone. Anyone. Really. Good like point. I, I don't think you any need to person. be I don't think you need to be an artist to <laughs> uh-huh. to feel like the the pressures of society are yes. really hard to speak out right. against. Yeah. Um, totally. Okay. Cool. FKA Twigs. Yeah. And that that was Melissa? Melissa, indeed. Was the name of that? Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Moving what's what's runner up number 3? Oh my god, these last three are really hard to choose from. Um, we're gonna do... We're gonna do Juliana Newsom next, even though there's just no way to decide between... So we're doing Joanna Newsom Divers. Um, and Joanna is just one of those artists who, although I hadn't spent a lot of time listening to her prior to this year, she's always been someone who I've respected immensely just because she's such a fascinating complex artist who's entwining all of these different genres into this mesh of like really really complex music not to mention she's just like a virtuoso genius um but she's uh she's come up a lot recently yeah, on the podcast uh, camden has started listening to her and mm-hmm. hadn't before yeah and is finding himself kind of blown away like, you know and watching videos of her too is also just like yeah. Yeah. She's yeah, she's just super amazing. So she released uh, an album called Divers. Indeed. That was that was the name of the album. I haven't listened through it yet. Okay. Tell me a little bit about it. Tell me why it rates your list. Sure. Um it's really interesting cuz she's combining like lots of different genres I think in a way that apparently she did in her earlier stuff, which I'm not super familiar with, um but in a more complex way. So you hear like lots of baroque going on. There's um all of these like Different. Oh fuck! Where am I? <laughs> no. Well, she's no! she's got a bunch of different ideas going on. Okay, yeah. Uh, so we got. Oh, I wrote all this shit down. Wait, sorry. Can we it, stop again? No, no, no. You can consult that. We can keep rolling okay. over your uh, your Roll. your research. Okay, rolling. So we got the baroque. We got the influences of blues. I heard a lot of like pentatonic scales going on all at the same time. Um, there's like Joni Mitchell-esque melodies, so there's like all this folky influence too. Um, but it all combines to create this like super complex soundscape situation. Um, that's really, and then her like little weird squeaky voice over the top. It's like, what the heck? Like, this is really bizarre and amazing. Oh, it's, it's, it's super funny because when we first brought up Joanna Newsom. Mm-hmm. One of the first things that was mentioned was that her voice is super polarizing. Oh, yeah. Like, some people love it. Some people cannot deal with her music because of it. Just, mm-hmm. uh, like, write it off, will not listen to it mm-hmm. because they don't want to hear her voice. Yeah. And it's fantastic because 
the Reeves episode at the very end of it, Joanna Newsom gets mentioned, and he's just like, "Oh, I like, cannot I even, it. cannot even can't deal with her it. voice." Totally. So it's it's kind of fantastic to have you here immediately afterwards, being like, "Oh, I love it." It, it really kind of <laughs> kind of awesome. highlights uh, just just how divisive that is, and and how subjective. Totally. Her... And I mean, I can't say that I like her voice at all. Like, I really mm. don't like her voice, <laughs> but I. I appreciate it because mm-hmm. it's just so strange. That's how I feel about like Coco Rosie too, where it's just like, oh my god, this is just so bizarre. But I like can't help but feel super entranced by it. Mm-hmm. So and I the think... way it kind of blends into the, like the fact that she's a monster mm-hmm. on that harp, <laughs> just like yeah. what? What yeah. are you doing? How how are you doing? Yeah, and also just like super super amazing on the piano as well, and I'm sure a zillion other instruments, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So runner up number three, mm-hmm. Joanna Newsom's Divers, which brings us mm-hmm. to the ordered part of your list. The ordered part. The other of my three list. are all roughly equal. <laughs> but these are the this is where it counts. Okay. This is where it counts. This is where it counts. So number two. I think that these these choices are very much informed by um my involvement in as a songwriter specifically. Um I think that, that really Specific, like vocally and also as a songwriter, it really determines what I listen to and what I enjoy. Um, so these two are hard to choose between. But the next one we're going to do is Bjork. Mm. Um, Volnikura. Yeah. So that's how we're going to pronounce that. <laughs> I, I think that's right. You know, this album came out uh, pretty early in the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the week it came out, we were talking about her album Vespertine. Um, which is when that was the first time I'd listened to Bjork and also where I discovered that I really respect Bjork's artistry totally and I really don't want to listen to Bjork (laughs) yes and that's just me like I know people love her and I'm like Mm -hmm. she's incredible Mm mhm but but for for some reason it doesn't grab me. What what is it about this album that that does grab you? That yeah. makes you that makes you want to come back to it. Yeah. So um, my pianist from um, maybe Hannah Stevens, who is a fantastic um, solo artist of her own right, um, she introduced me to Bjork a couple of years ago, and I've just more recently gotten more into her. Um, but I think what I really love about this album is that. And this is what Bjork has said as well, is that it's kind of a singer-songwriter album. It's, like, super complex, but it's also more distinctly following a storyline. Um, it's about her divorce from her husband, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it's intensely personal. Intensely personal. And I think that that's part of what makes it just so... Um, I don't know. It, it just feels important to me. Um and listening through it and it's also just like super complex um instrumentally and like very strange and fascinating as well um rhythmically so i think i just i feel a kinship to this album that i haven't been able to feel to previous (laughs) albums like i had a really hard time getting into her too where i was just like man i don't really want to i don't really want to listen to this i appreciate what you're doing but like no (laughs) (laughs) um but think, this is yeah no sorry go ahead and this is the first time where I feel like I can I mean there's the the combination of this like intensely personal storyline going on throughout on top of um, like she's got classical elements which I really I'm always really drawn to just because I I really love or, like orchestra in general and classical in general um, 
And then all of these like fascinating electronic elements over the top, which of course she's always owning at. Um, so yeah, it just it she's taking all these traditional styles and traditional understandings, and then just like not giving a fuck, which is <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. For some reason. And I listened to this album last mm-hmm. week uh, because I said, you know, I listened to Volnikur or to uh, to Vespertine, and I wasn't huge on it, but I figured I couldn't make it to the end of 2015 mm-hmm. without listening to Volnikur because I knew it would come up. Mm-hmm. I knew it would. I totally. knew there was no way no that way I was going to do anything related to the end of the year <laughs> without this being something that, that, that gets brought up. Mm-hmm. And the thing I realized about, like, my perception of Bjork's music... Mm-hmm. It's always wintry. Mm-hmm. It always feels like winter when mm-hmm. I'm listening to her yeah, music. Yeah. And for some reason, it always sounds like the Northern Lights to me. Oh. Which, you know, the Northern Lights don't actually sound like anything, no, except I'm for perhaps you. like a faint magnetic hum. But. I don't know. I think that that makes sense, though, because it's like this kind of ethereal. Yeah, that's sort of what always gets. Grand. That is the, the image that is in my head when mm-hmm. I'm listening to Bjork every time. I feel like that's every probably time. a compliment. Probably, probably a very big. Probably like that's just it. I know she's an incredible yeah. artist. Like I, nobody's she, denying that. Like she creates, she creates, and this is like I'm sure this word has an official definition, but yeah. I, she creates mm, oh soundscapes indeed. Uh, yeah. very well. Uh-huh. Like uh, she she takes you somewhere mm-hmm. with her music. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that I want to go there. Yeah, and mm, I know that's me. Like, and, and I know this is a 100 percent like a. a artistic masterpiece mm-hmm. of an album mm-hmm. i just i just can't get with it man no i totally get that i to- i totally and until this year i would have been like yes mm-hmm. but this is the one that that was the breakthrough for yeah. you yeah somehow and i remember last year even i like tried i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna do it now i'm gonna become like a bjork fan now is really now is when i listen to captain beefheart exactly and nope didn't work out but this year damn it i've done it all right <laughs> no that's that's awesome and and yeah also, like like I said, I don't really like it, mm-hmm. but man, it's a terrific album. Indeed, yeah. Like, okay, 100%. We can, we can <laughs> agree on that. <laughs> okay, so that brings us to your number one. My number one, your, I think... Your favorite album okay. of 2015, your least disappointing album <laughs> of 2015. Okay, so, as a tortured artist-songwriter, I cannot... Just this album is just like, oh my god, my heart, my soul, you understand the things. Um, so, of course, it's Sufjan Stevens, Carrie and Lowell. Um, and holy shit, this is just like such an amazing. Ex- it's, it's, oh, it's just, it's a lot, but it's tons of topics that I, as a songwriter, um, feel like I'm addressing a lot, which is like loss and isolation um and then there's always that little sprinkle of hope in there somewhere Mm -hmm. but but it's 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 deep in there i think it's more of like um an an unspoken understanding instead of like a topic yeah um and it seems like that's something that he's dealing with in this album here and there but i know that he lost his mom in 2012 or some i think 2012 2013 um and this album is finally, like, really addressing that. Um, sort of embracing that sense of loss. Yeah. Which is, you know, as a non-therapist, <laughs> <laughs> I, 
you always hear about how important that is. Right. You know, em- embracing the sense of loss and letting yourself feel it mm-hmm. and and kind of come to come come to terms with it and cope with it. Um and it I think I think it's really fascinating that yeah. we're we're getting sort of the musical like the the art that this person made. Yeah. In his coping process. Yeah. It's 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 super beautiful. Um and it, yeah, it always kind of feels like he's pushing pushing the world away but wishing he were closer to it um i really like sound wise that it's there's like it, it, it kind of trails off it feels like there's like almost kind of a bon esque feeling sometimes in the way that he's introducing like a little bit more electronic stuff he got rid of the the horns which i don't think i can really think of a sufian album where there aren't <laughs> horns so that was Kind of, I, I liked it. I like that it just sounds a little different. It feels a little different. It feels like he's mo- like he's actively moving to a new place, both in the sound and in the lyrics, which I really appreciated. So yeah. Yeah, number one of of twenty fifteen with a bullet. So. I think so. Yeah. Sufjan Stevens, mm-hmm. Carrie and Lowell. And I also, I read that he um, he recorded the majority of this on his iPhone initially. Oh, wow. Which is like, it's just such a cool thing, because that's like, I don't know any songwriters who far, don't Far start cry that from, uh, from recording into boomboxes. Right, indeed, yeah. So I just thought that was like, oh, God, this is all just so relatable. This is like the classic singer-songwriter experiential album. So. I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for him to finish his 50 States project, personally. <laughs> Sounds amazing. The uh, I think he got two in Illinois. And... I don't actually know if I know about this. Oh, so um, let's have a, a little Sufjan yes. discussion. Yes. Uh, back in two thousand five, maybe a little before, he decided he was going to write an album for each of the fifty states. Oh, cool! And he did, I think, two of them. Uh, one of them being his two thousand five album Illinois. Okay. Or come on and feel the Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he abandoned it. So I'm, he was like, I'm, screw this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the uh, Washington and Alaska albums myself. That is that's yeah. that's a lot of albums. I don't know how anybody could. I mean, that's. I he was an ambitious fellow, and I'd then he say. got distracted by like a thousand other things, and here we are. <laughs> and here we are, talking about mom and stepdad. <sighs> Important. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so that's your top five of 2015. There we have it. There we have it. Are there any other albums you want to mention? Anything else you want to bring up? Do you have a 2005 album that you like? Oh, man. I no, prompted I you on this. I think of anything. But, oh, I know, I know. Oh. I know. I'm sorry. Just pick Demon Days. That was, that was part Demon of the... Demon Days was really... Pick Demon Days. Really great album. That was part of the spam's fault. Spam filter. Okay. Well, thanks so much for... Well, all right. How about a song? A song? Yeah. Do you have, like, a summer... Uh, like, a top top song of 2015? Or, like, a top three? Oh, dang. Um, well, I really love... Okay. Doesn't have Tame to be from one of the albums you picked. Okay, Can be cool. From anywhere. Um, I'm really obsessing over Tame Impala, Let It Happen, right now. I think I've listened to it, like, maybe five times, five, six times today. So yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that song has been... That that album is also amazing, and I was going to cover that today, too, but... You only get five. You know, I only get five. You got to pick. That's what. That's happen. what makes this hard. I know. I feel sad about it. If it was just like all the albums you listened to in 2015, this would be too easy. Right. It's true. So yeah, probably. Okay. Probably that one. 
Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining me. This yeah. has been really great. Uh, we'll probably throw it up sometime in the next couple of days, Thursday at the latest. I want to have this stuff out there by Christmas. Sounds and great. And hopefully we'll be able to, to get some more of your time come, come the new year. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Josh.